listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of 9ES. Uh, if you enjoy 9ES, and I know you do, I know you do, stop stop lying to me, Dave. Um, if you enjoy 9ES, I really recommend you go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and support us. You can either toss us like a dollar a month if you just want to support us a little, or you can toss us a couple more bucks a month and subscribe to the I Love 9ES level where you will get access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode. Uh, twice a month we release the Garbage Time bonus episode to 9ES. On this week's Garbage Time, we talk about Baldur's Gate 3, the show Silo, and Good Omen Season 2. But on this, the main episode, the episode you're listening to right now, we talk about the All-Star Singer... Uh, from Smash Mouth, who passed away. We talk about the American Travel Ban on uh, or Travel Advisory for LGBTQ uh, plus people. Uh, we talk about how CM Punk got fired. We talk about Last Voyage of the Demeter. And we talk about Mutant Mayhem. I mean, John Scott's not here, and who knows if he will get here, but I feel that we're, we're invoking Murphy's Law by starting to record to summon him. So, yeah, that's all right. Let's do it. I think that's fine. We can just talk here about it. Here we go. Uh, Burning Man <laughs> got rained out. That's like... I, you know, I, I, <laughs> go ahead. I, I, I heard about Burning Man first when I was on BBS's. I'm pretty sure, like way, 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 way years ago, and I always wanted to go, and I'm bummed that I haven't with my life. It, I feel like it, I missed it, a, it, a thing. I mean, I also, like, I, I had the same thing where it was like, like the first time I heard about Burning Man, it was like, like the stuff of legend, you know, like it was like, yeah, there's this yeah. crazy thing, and it was like, especially when you think about the fact that it like predates the like mod, like it's much easier to describe Burning Man in 2023 because we have big music festivals like Coachella where you can kind of mm-hmm. say like we we have those like oh yeah like 50,000 people come to a weekend site and it's a big party we usually we have concerts and stuff like that but Burning Man like predates those big festival concerts even really mm-hmm. it's like it, it has 1991 yeah that's it it has like more to do like I guess conceptually with like Woodstock minus music you know but like <laughs> I guess yeah uh, and then it's like, yeah, it's just in the desert. And then you're like, I guess there, well, there are some music, there's like tents and whatever. And then you just have sexual promiscuity and art drugs. installations and all kinds of drugs and wear, wear crazy costumes and kind of just live out in this like Mad Max rave, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, that, is that the aesthetic? It's just like, um and yeah it always seemed like like i mean i don't know if necessarily it was on bbs's but it was certainly like early internet and like you saw like photos and whatever coming coming out of uh coming out of burning man and you were like whoa this is insane but then i think that like the time to have really gone would have been in the 90s or even early 2000s because i'm like like one of the one of the stories so i mean to, to catch the listeners up to date there were like flash floods in the area in the site around burning man and like the apparently the entire site turned into mud and it got like it got to the point where you couldn't leave or like couldn't safely leave because the roads were getting like washed well, out with it, mud. it it's like supposed to be a messy crazy yeah but, but usually it's dusty like and sandy like and that, and that, it was bad enough that they had to cancel it like mm-hmm. imagine how but they did they did not they did was. not cancel it they had 70,000 no? people 70 no, no 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 they had 70,000 they what they you could not get into the site if you were not already there uh, but there were like okay. so like they they closed off access to it but there were there were technically 70,000 people 
who were quote unquote stranded at Burning Man. <laughs> but like, Jesus. but like everyone was like, okay, <laughs> like, is that the worst thing? Because apparently the festival organizers were like, well, listen, we've had a the the official government warning was to like stay in place, and technically where we are is safe. Like it was like above, I guess, where they expected the the water levels to rise so they were like we are in a safe mm-hmm. enough place we're not going to flood it's just going to become a muddy mess so for a, like those 70,000 people they were like it's safer for you to just stay put they were like we're going to sort of like conserve food and water a little bit more than we normally do but mm-hmm. we're just going to keep having burning man all weekend because like what I, I was going to say like how bad a disaster does it compare to the fire festival Oh, like not not even apparently from people who were there, not even comparable whatsoever. Like people who like stuck it out the mm-hmm. weekend were just saying it was like it was what sucked is that everybody's prepared for dust and sand, and, and they got mud, and they got mud. So they were like a lot of people are like wet. There's probably people who got I'm sure like one person died, but I but apparently that's not entirely unusual at Burning Man, mm-hmm. and it's unclear if like the floods had anything to do with that. Like people overdosed. I saw a video yeah. of a guy running into the man. Running into the Burning Man, yeah, yeah, that's that'll do it. I don't know if that's fucking gnarly. Yeah, that's it. So there were like a a a small death toll at Burning Man is apparently not like not a cause for concern, just on account of I think people probably like getting crazy heat stroke and doing a ton of freaking drugs. You know, I said I remembered reading about it on BBSs, and then I like checked myself after. I was like, hold on a second here. That's crazy. Does that actually line up? And then 1991, it does. I went and I looked it up. So I, I got my modem in, in 93, I think, 92. Mm-hmm. And I could be making it up, but I really do kind of remember somebody posting about this crazy party. You have to go. It's this insane thing down in the desert. And then mm-hmm. me and Alex or somebody were talking about like, we should we should try and figure it out and do it. But, yeah, um, I remember like even it was like kind of like a quasi secret early on of like to where it, it was. It was like it was like like in the desert, and you had to kind of like know somebody who knew someone, otherwise you would just be driving out into the desert like a psychopath. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, so apparently it was like, it got got crazy muddy, but they kept otherwise having Burning Man. Okay, and, okay, and so that's a less. Bit of so, less yeah, yeah, less less, less of a crazy thing. Uh, but yeah, but also when we talked about like when the time to go to Burning Man, there was like a, a story that came out of all of this was like. Diplo and Chris Rock had apparently like hiked several miles through mud trying to get out and then got like picked up by like random festival goers to like get, uh-huh. get the rest of it out. And I was like, yeah, I feel that like peak Burning Man doesn't involve Diplo and Chris Rock. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like a who's who of celebrities who would be at the Burning Man that like existed in my mind in the 90s. Yeah. So anyway, so they yeah they they got out of there because they were like well we just didn't know and we're also like we have other things to go and we were like we felt safe enough to be leaving but apparently they walked like miles through mud and they were like uh oh and I was like that would have been what did you think was gonna happen yeah I don't <laughs> like, know man so, surely they knew the distances involved you know? yeah exactly like and I don't think but at the same time I could be like oh it's like a six mile walk or whatever let's say a six mile walk versus a six mile walk through like mud. Your brain might not do that calculation right. That is true. You know what I mean? Like I'm like six miles yeah. is like a non, like a trivial hike, <laughs> like really. But six well, miles. I mean, no, six miles. Like if 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 it was Death Valley or whatever, or or Antarctica. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, but I'm saying like I, I'm yeah. I'm saying like climate depending. Like if you're like if it's yeah. not if it's not yeah. super hot or super cold, a six mile walk is extremely doable. 
mm-hmm. add mud or snow or something and you're like oh no that's a that's another type of walk so they they may have like really really grossly underestimated how bad it was going to be so all right, it, all right it's possible anything else happened in the news uh i mean what else is going on i don't know we're going to Burning Man. NES does Burning Man uh-huh. next year. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? I mean, well, what's his name? Steve Steve the All-Star Man died from Smash Mouth. Mm. Oh. Was he an All-Star? Did he get it finally? Did he get paid? I think so. Was all that glittered gold? I also think so. Mm. I, I like we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Yeah. He was a troubled man who mm-hmm. was battling like alcoholism and like various mental illness and then and then ha- but then had like actual medical stuff did him in yeah right like some, mm, some kind of a liver no, failure think... or a heart failure yeah like i mean i'm just okay yeah i guess i guess liver failure can be tied to the drink but like yeah <laughs> uh, all i like is not to say a bigger song like there's bigger songs but like all-star is definitely like one of the all-time earworms right was it not part of the Shrek thing? Was that that's the I think I'm a. Believer, it was in Shrek. I think. Mm, I think it's been, been I, both. I man. think it's been yeah. in a lot of movies. I feel that like All Star has to also be one of those, like one of those tracks that is, like, actively sought after. 1999. Wow, that song is mm-hmm. from a while ago. And let's see what what soundtracks did it show up on. Cultural impact, Tredix, release and commercial performance. I don't know. Cultural impact. Usually the list there. Also has frequently been used in films following its release. It's been an Inspector Gadget. It was in Digimon. It was in, it was in Trek. It regained popularity in 2001 when it regained in Trek. Wait, wait, wait. Is that Inspector Gadget with Sir Matthew Broderick? Correct. Yeah, okay. Yep. It was, uh, yeah, then they performed I'm a Believer. So, yeah, they also did that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in tribute, the band's manager, Robert Hayes, says, Mm -hmm. Steve lived a 100% full throttle life, burning brightly across the universe before burning out. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to be a rock star, and that's what you want to do, you do it. I guess. But did they do do anything after All-Star? I mean, I guess they did. They they did I'm a Believer. Oh, Then the Morning Comes. But I'm just saying, how about the albums? Power pop. What I guess that is the uh, that is the genre. Power mm-hmm. pop. Uh, discography. Whoa. I don't know if you have it in front of you. If you had to guess, how many albums Smash Mouth had? I haven't looked at it. But would you? If you, I said as a hint, if you had to guess. All right. I'm gonna say five. Seven. Okay. A hey, wow. Then and remember, and All Star was off of number two. Whoa. All right. Yeah, so that's it. They had Smash Mouth 2001, Get the Picture 2003, The Gift of Rock 2005, Summer Girl 2006. Then they took a six-year hiatus. Then they brought out Magic in 2012. And then they kept touring until 2021 when um, the man who passed away, Steve Harwell, died. They are te- yep. They are technically still in a band. Zach Good is now the current singer of Smash Mouth. Like they, yeah, they I think they Yeah, they Harwell like, had left. Yeah, Harwell, Harwell Harwell retired after that whole thing. We talked I think we talked about it on this show. 
of him uh, getting drunk and possibly doing Nazi salutes at yeah. Uh, yeah. at a at a concert, which is not yeah. not the way to be Smash Mouth. <laughs> you know, like I don't think there's any band that should be doing that. But if you're like, oh, a weird like metal band turned out to be a white supremacy band, you'd be like, okay, I guess. I guess I saw okay, that coming. They, I don't think that they were. I right. Think that was just him, like, getting himself fired. Sure, or just being drunk and maybe a little racist, yeah. you know? But yeah, that can happen for some people. I don't know if... It, it, it apparently, like, he. I think he was... If I remember watching the clip, I think he was, like, mad that people weren't more into the fact that Smash Mouth was playing. Like, hmm. he, like he started, like, yelling at the crowd to be, like... And 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 and, and it's like they're playing to a crowd of like fifty people, like it's a it's a it's a sad little video to watch. Ugh. And I was like, man, yeah. What a but yeah. What but back back to the good times. Is All Star mm-hmm. an all time earworm? I think so. I do think so. It's it's got to be one of the catchiest songs ever written. <laughs> like <clears throat> I told you about it. Uh, my 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 Rocket League goal song is all-star smash mouth mm-hmm. and it starts off with the, you know, dr- like, the little drum fill they like hey now like and then like uh-huh. and then plays the whole entire song which is i think the probably the most like taunting goal celebration song every time you score a goal that happens does it force the other teams to listen to your music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, it. Yeah, yeah that, that's the point. That's amazing. It's not just for me. It's like the the Rocket League arena fills up with the goal song of the of the player that scored the goal. So every, how long does it play? I mean, until everybody like, pre- like, well, it plays, I would say a good 30 seconds. Cause it'll show the whole replay. If nobody presses skip. Okay. Like, yeah. so yeah. it gets like, it gets into the, into the song. You'll get a little bit of the chorus and stuff. Like, um, cause I will not press skip. If I think it was a really good goal, I'll make you watch that entire mm-hmm. replay and listen to as much of smash mouth by all, of all star by smash mouth as possible. I feel it's like a big, like taunt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I guess that's. Oh yeah, we didn't mention Marjorie Taylor Greene about Burning Man, though. I did want to mention that because it's just, uh-huh. just. I did. I don't. I don't remember this. Mm. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene and some right wing senators and whatever else like that uh, imagined said that the flooding of Burning Man was an actual act of God punishing like heathens for going mm-hmm. to, for going to Burning Man. And we just said what was it, 1991? <laughs> so like 32 years later, God was like. This time, mm-hmm. this time I'll get you. And what's the one? And what'll I do? I'll make it muddy and still not actually stop it. <laughs> it still happened. Like as far as like the floods that have been ruining the planet for the last all this year, like it was incredibly mild in comparison to other areas that have been hit by floods and stuff. But they're like, no, this one, this one was God doing it. Yep. <laughs> What a oh I guess on on the topic of right wing uh, nonsense did you hear the the Canadian uh, travel advisory for America they actually like updated travel Canada guidelines to to, to say what to uh, say like just like on on a formal like like cause you can go to you can do this for like any country like you can go and like look up the country and you'll have like Canada's like travel guidelines like they'll say like oh. Like for instance, when uh, like when the cartel wars in Mexico were are really like flaring up, you'll see an entry on Mexico to be like these areas are have known like cartel killings around them. Like just like be advised, 
you know, like this is something you should. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I um I ran into this when I was canceling my flights to uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. Because there was a whole bunch of conflict going on there, we didn't want to have to deal with it. And Canada had not and never did raise their travel advisory yeah. to the level that the airlines require for there to be a payout. Yeah. Um, like there, like there's, there's like legal ramifications to all of that. Yeah, uh, that's it. If they think if they put like a, if they put a like like a hard red <laughs> or whatever, then then yeah, you get uh you, you yeah. get your money back yeah. when you're traveling. But yeah. uh, so yeah, so just for Canadians going to the United States, they have have a special advisory if you're like LGBTQ to be like, lo- no, like look up the local areas because there are plenty of states that are like considered actively like hostile towards like sure. lgbtq people and it's like enough of a enough of a concern they were saying like obviously not everywhere like it's not like yeah <laughs> i'm not like something like you have to worry about going to new york city or whatever but i was like how i was like the fact that there's any kind of like discriminatory travel advisory between canada and the united states kind of blew my mind like it's supposed to be like the largest unprotected border or best friends and whatever else like <laughs> yeah but america is now the second world you know i know it's, just, it's, it's going it's backsliding that that's what i'm saying i was like i'm not i i think it's prudent and i think that it's like uh you know like i think it's correct that that is there and that should be there and like if if for some reason you're lgbtq person and you're not aware of the fact that some of the states like you're just assuming well canada and u.s are allies it's fine for me you could very much be mistaken depending on which states you land in Right. Yeah. Like, so I I get how it is a prudent message that the government put there. But like growing up, I was just sort of like our best friends are America, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just I thought it was kind of like semi newsworthy that that there's an actual travel advisory for for Canadians to go going into the United States. And I was like, I would say, like, there should be potentially more of that. Like, I mean, maybe some like being like, hey, these states. These states are actively racist, you know, or like maybe not states, some towns. Like, I don't know if you saw that thing, the most like racist town in America. Mm, don't know that I have. You can Google it. It's just like a, it's like a mini, mm-hmm. mini documentary. It might even be like a vice, vice documentary or whatever, but you're, it's just like, it's an openly racist town where like, really? yep. They're like, you, if you are black, you will not get served anywhere in this town. And they're like, that's how we like it. And you're like, cool. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what the, what the hell? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's not even like a hidden thing. Like the whole little documentary is just them just like interviewing people. They're like, yep. Like, don't come here. We don't want you. And I was like, what a, what a cool thing. All right, let's take a quick what break. What a time to be alive. Because perhaps Scott joined us. So oh my God. While Scott was away. Uh, we were talking about Burning Man and Smash Mouth and the travel ban on LGBTQ, uh, not travel ban, travel advisory for LGBTQ people going to uh, America. And But really, we were just stalling time until Scott got here so I could uh, ask him about CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I was with... Uh, I was with a non-wrestling fan who asked me immediately <laughs> what's going on with CM Punk. And then he was like, one of my friends, he was just sort of like, he's like, it, the, the CM Punk news was enough that it like tripped his news cycle. And then God. he asked one of his one of his wrestling buddies what was up with CM Punk. And he was just sort of like, the first answer from his wrestling buddy was, this is my personal 9-11. 
And then wow. the second ends. Yeah, the, this is like this is a dude who the, the 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 dude in question is a dude who like travels for the indies, like travels for big wrestling shows, like really potentially was considering going to All In, like like goes to Mania mm-hmm. almost every year, and also like does frequent traveling to Chicago, Boston, New York area, like for the indies, like not not for AEW and WWE, like yeah. like GCW's WZ. coming. Um, yeah, I'm there anyway. And then he would just sort of like explain how, and the best was. And again, from a non-wrestling fan, to read the sentence, he was like, CM Punk ch- choked out Luke Perry's son, Jungle Boy, in London, and now he's fired. And I was like, I love that sentence. <laughs> CM Punk choked out Luke Perry's son, Jungle Boy, in London, and now he's fired. I was like, wait, wow. Wait, his name is Jungle Boy? His wrestling name His wrestling name was Jungle Boy. He's now kind of being repackaged into being... Then he was Jungle Boy Jack Perry for a little bit. And now that he's a bad guy, he's just Jack Perry. He's just wrestling. But when he was an indie wrestler, he was just named Jungle Boy. And, and, he, and he didn't even speak. He was just a... like I guess he was kind of had a, had a Jungle a Boy Mowgli Tarzan kind of gimmick. Kind of wait, thing. wait. What kind yeah. of choking him out? I mean, apparently he grabbed right. him by the neck. Well. <laughs> oh my god so it's so, such so, a so dumb fully, story it's such a dumb story it's so like, so here's my my take so we, we've talked about him being suspended last year at the all-out shenaniganry so i mean i guess go go back to literally one year ago on 90s to listen to cm punk getting suspended and all of the uh the 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 drama between him and the wrestling faction known as the elite made up of uh, hangman page kenny omega and the young bucks so he had all of this drama and heat with who all of those guys, except for Hangman, happen to also be EVPs of the company. So it's a bad thing to be feuding with your coworkers when your coworkers are also executive vice presidents. But is it feuding like in character, or is it feuding no, 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 like, no, no? no. This, this was this this was a real feud where they like came to fisticuffs in the locker room and whatnot. So then fast forward to oh, hang on a sec before Wait, before you really? fast forward before you fast forward. This stems from CM Punk's statement that. There's not enough respect for the veterans in the locker room coming from the, right. the elite that they're not showing yeah. the proper protocols or deference uh, to the the older, more experienced guys in the locker room. Right. Which which then you have to throw in the news that just broke about William Regal. Yeah. Who came into <laughs> AEW <laughs> last year. As as a, as an ultra veteran, who he's then like, you're just Triple H's stooge. <laughs> just I don't respect all. you. I refuse to shake your hand. Get because get you're out just of here. Triple H's like, you. yeah, you're Triple H's stooge. Yeah, Punk is out of his mind. Like, right for and, and well, and I think here's the thing. And I mean, we'll I'll try to we'll try to unpack all of this because it's 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 insane. So yes, John, to the point of this was a real world thing that happened last year. There was investigation. There was actual law enforcement. This was like reported on by Sports Illustrated and whatever else. I don't know. You guys are sounding like marks to me. I mean, <laughs> like I I I want this to be a work so much, like I take it because it because it also like like on a personal level. I like I am a big fan of both the elite as an entire team of wrestlers and CM Punk. Like CM Punk is my like favorite current wrestler and like I really like the Young Bucks. I really like Kenny Omega. Like there it's like all of my favorites fighting. It would make me nothing nothing would make me more happy as a wrestling fan for it to just be a, a work between all my favorite dudes. 
but apparently it's not as like numerous like actual reporting and news outlets so two or so three weeks ago all out yeah so two or three weeks ago um all at in collision. lead up to all in yeah at collision jungle boy wants to get thrown through uh, a car's windshield <laughs> not a gimmicked glass thing or anything you and can't Punk- do that <laughs> that doesn't, that's not gonna work i mean just you wait <laughs> So Punk is like, don't do that. It's A, it's really stupid. You can get injured. Yeah, exactly. Like there's also like there's there is hilarious precedent involving real glass and cars of when Goldberg was punching a limousine and there was like two windows that were gimmick and then one that wasn't. And Goldberg knew it wasn't gimmick, but he was also like, I'm Goldberg, I'm gonna punch through this windshield. Oh my god, I lacerated my arm and I have to miss months of wrestling because I like cut the shit out of my arm very badly. When you get yep. thrown, when you do stupid stunts with real glass, you can cut yourself very badly. And Punk is Especially like on two on two pressure-treated impact glass. Yeah, I was exactly. gonna say I don't think you can really call like windshields glass anymore. They're they're kind of like there's aren't they they super legislated? They're incredibly tough. They're like some yeah. kind of plastic. Yeah. So yeah, correct. So Punk is like a on one level, and this is I love this part. I love this nuance to the story. On one level. Don't do it. It's stupid. It's not safe. You're just going to get hurt. And then apparently on another thing that came up was just sort of like, and especially don't just do it on a weekly, right? Like, like don't do that on, on a random weekly wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a, if, if you are, if we are going to do it, it should be a big spot, not a random thing or whatever, which is like I said, the, the best tiny little nuance because now we're going to London and two things happen. One CM Punk gets to London, and remember, there's a bunch of executive vice presidents who don't like him. Mysteriously, he has no travel booked for him. He gets to London, and there's no driver there to pick him up. Now, to now put... that's 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 a thing on him, though. He he didn't want to travel with the rest of the roster. He had to go do another thing. Yeah, so I also like, want to put the full. The he's full, like, I'm going to find my way. Yeah, well, no, but he was still supposed to have out. a. He was still yeah, supposed yeah. to have a driver. Yes. He was still supposed to have a driver sent there, and they didn't send one. To put all of this into another layer of context, I think that's important for the entire story, is you're like, how much of a big deal is CM Punk to AEW? So one, all of the pay-per-views that he's on are their highest-selling pay-per-views. When he was suspended and they started having pay-per-views without him, they saw a drop in numbers. So he like genuinely like sells pay-per-views. Number two, if you look at merchandise sales... He is number one in merchandise sales, more than doubling the merchandise sales of the guy in number two. And then his faction with his little buddies FTR is the number three ranked merchandise sales. So you're talking about like massive, massive moneymaker where he's like actually selling tickets in this or like selling pay-per-views and is your number one merch seller by doubling the merchandise sale of your number two merchandise seller. And he's also your number three merchandise seller in addition to being number one. It's like bananas how much money he is actually bringing in. So to mess up him not having a car at the airport is like, I mean, I feel that that's like very, It's either very petty or very unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. And then to make matters worse. Or very unfortunate. Okay, but isn't the end of the story that they're going to fire him? So obviously Hmm. they are being petty. He is fired. So anyway, so then. Not for that. But not for that, not not for any of that, and not even not even technically for the Jungle Boy stuff, as we would find out. Later. So then he goes back. 
Well, anyway, so all then right, so he he's, gets... he he. We get to all in. I don't know, Scott, if you want to pick it up. I'm, I've been so running he, the story. He gets to Wembley. It is the most. Oh, wait, hang on. So, so pause, pause, pause before he gets to Wembley. In a punk is a hothead and like is like an angry person in general. He's like, I'm just gonna figure my own way out to the hotel on the Friday, and then actually gets lost on the London like transit system. So I feel that that is like like as a guy with a temper, even though I was like forget it, I don't even need your car, I'll find my own way, I would still be very mad just at everything for being lost. Yeah. Like, like as someone with a temper, even though it was getting lost was of my own doing, I would still be, like, so pissed off that I'm lost have, to begin with. Have, have either of you guys been to London? I have. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, just to explain, like, when you get to Heathrow... It's so far away, yeah. That yeah, it's it's really like flying into Mirabelle, except London is so huge that it still stretches out that far. So you land yeah, at this still, airport that's really really far away, London. and you're still in the city, and it's yeah. it's just gross and disgusting. And the the London tube is like kind of like the New York subway. Like it's also yeah. There's a lot of stuff that like confusing. like like. It, things certain lines only run one direction and whatever and like um, and, different platforms will have the same or the same platform will have different trains running on it yeah, yeah. real easy to get lost it's a, yeah but but you can also you can also imagine that like when you're in a pissed off mood getting lost you're like i like there i'm 100 percent sure that like cm punk was like punching a wall somewhere <laughs> like even knowing it was partially his own doing and and like uh, desperate, desperate to stay anonymous too. Yeah, exactly. Right? You like, can't just like they... grab someone else on the on the on the tube and be like, "Help me out, I'm real lost." And they're like, "Oh my god, CM Punk is lost." And then everyone grabs their phones. Like you just can't. Right? You got to keep your yeah. hoodie up and your hat down. It's kind of grumbling to yourself. Goddamn young bucks. Goddamn friggin' <laughs> the elite. Kill you, Hangman Page. <laughs> uh, Okay, so, so now, now the yeah, the show, the show is opening. The show is opening. 80,000 people have bought tickets for this show. It is the most tickets sold ever for a wrestling event. It's at Wembley Stadium. It's just massive. It's and, insane. Uh, Jack Perry, who again, Jungle Boy, Luke, Luke Perry's son, 90210 connection there, uh, goes out for his match. And his match was against... The handsome devil hook. Hook, yeah. And they have a spot where they're going to go through a window. So Jack Perry looks right at the camera and is like, this is real glass. Whoa. Gets thrown into it. Also, immediately badly cuts himself. (laughs) Just like Punk said would happen. Like, he didn't, like, Mm -hmm. like, like, injure himself to the point where he had to stop wrestling but like he had a gnarly cut on his arm that would not stop bleeding throughout the entire thing because he got thrown into a real glass windshield by hook now, just like they I th- said it. i think this is very important the only reason we know that that line was directed at punk was because of the events that would happen later like no one else knew that Punk told no, them no, not no, no, to no. I, I, I was, I mean, I was watching with a couple real marks, and they were immediately like, "That's a shot at CM Punk." As it happened, cool. because the, like because the backstage really? at Collision, yeah, because the backstage at Collision stuff had already like Leaked. been dirt sheeted up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, that's wow. it. Wow, 
so because I, so like the I had yeah known that. I, I I hadn't known that either. I don't I don't like follow the dirt sheets and whatever all that much too much. But like yeah, like both both Walter and Tyler were like shit. That's that's from Collision a couple weeks ago because they had like Punk having heat with Perry was already documented. But to the casual person, yeah, I like that, like I was just like oh I was like what and they were like yeah no that's a that's a that's a dig at Punk. Uh, so they finished inexpl- the matchup. Inexplicably, though, inexplicably, and this is where I shit on Tony Khan. <laughs> Knowing that there's heat between Punk and Perry, why did you book their matches back to back so that you know yeah. they have to walk? What that you know they have to walk past each other in Gorilla? What? No, no, no reason. Yeah, that's. I hate, I hate to finished... say it, but that Vince McMahon would never have made that mistake. I hate to say it, but like he kept I he mean, kept even... people so isolated from each other. Like like Vince traditionally had people who hated each other and like perform perform backflips to sometimes they weren't even in the same arena, even being on the same show. Like and also not for nothing, Vince was like six foot two, two hundred and seventy pounds of steroids, yeah, and, so. and not a not a billionaire. ADHD. Yeah, he might have done it just to he might have done it just to watch them fight, but mm. so John Jack Perry goes backstage after his match, and CM Punk is standing right there at the curtain. His match is on next. And CM after Punk he goes, just, he, after he just pointed in the camera and yelled at him <laughs> through the camera. <laughs> like, CM Punk goes up to him and goes, Do you do we have a problem? What, what was that all about? Perry kind of blows him off. <laughs> so CM Punk jumps him. And starts to like, choke him out backstage, right in front of the billionaire boss, son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Khan. Just before his match, like CM Punk has to go out for a match, and he's getting in a real fight with 20-something-year-old Jack Perry that is in front ridiculous. of the billionaire boss. Yeah. Thank, thank knocks God. So like enough Jack stuff, Perry- knocks enough stuff around that a bunch of TV monitors fall on billionaire owner Tony Khan. Holy shit. And then, as the fight is broken up, uh, reportedly lunges at Tony Khan while screaming, I quit. I've a... <laughs> Until other professional wrestler, longtime co-worker of CM Punk, and the guy he's got a match with next, Samoa Joe. Also, I was going to say, also a man who could, I feel quite easily, separate CM Punk, Jack Perry, and Tony Khan single-handedly. <laughs> he could just he could just be like whoopa and just like Joe is a big guy. It's a <laughs> Joe is an enormous mountain. enormous dude. Got to be close to three hundred pounds, six four or whatever the heck it is. Like Joe apparently was looks like, nope, mean. none of this, and mm-hmm. and looks mean. Like I was like Joe is a guy. I feel and it's not like he's like a husky boy. He's not even like he's not like a bodybuilder. He's just a big beefy dude. He, yeah, I was like, oh, he's one of those like, yes, he's a professional wrestler and it's all fake, but like, and I know I'm sure you don't want to mess with any of them because they're all in pretty good shape. But Joe is a very scary looking human being yep. as a person. He's he's got that real bouncer look to him, like a real. I've 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 been in a few fights. Mm-hmm. He calms him down. He makes Punk go out to his match. They have a match together, which is really good. Which is a great match. Jack Perry gets immediately sent home. He's like, "You will, you will not be here when this is over. You, you will get your your sneakers and take a taxi." Mm-hmm. Punk goes out, has a match, come back, fuming mad still, literally, and like and like says thank you goodbye to the crowd. 
afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, like basically, if you, is you one watch... step away from WCW into the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he was just sort of like, like did the little like, like, like hands up, thank you, goodbye, like wave. Like you don't usually say like wave goodbye to the crowd after a match. That's not. Yeah, a... yeah. he knows he's fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. Well, he knows he's suspended. Yeah, he definitely knows he he's is. suspended, and he, he also gets just and he's immediately like... suspended. Yeah, and uh, but now he the the. The problem with all of that, though, or not the problem, but like, they don't really announce the suspension properly, and they don't even necessarily even tell him if supposedly, if you believe all of the weird background information. But like, I, weird, I don't. The- so all of those leaks that are pro CM Punk come from CM Punk people, and they're crazy. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But the thing is, but like, it, but like, I I do buy. Tony might have been stalling to pull the trigger on the suspension, knowing that the very next week, so which is to say this past weekend, they're wrestling all out in Chicago, which is like a place that like notoriously, like after uh, CM Punk left WWE, would do nothing but chant CM Punk at every event that WWE ever had just to troll the WWE. So they're about to like, like show up to Chicago. Like five years without. <laughs> yeah, they're about to show up to Chicago a week after Tony Khan suspended slash fired their like beloved hero. And sure. yeah. So I think I, like I do get from a business perspective why like Tony might've been being like, is there a, is, do I have a way to navigate out of this without suspending him? Because I will have the angriest crowd in wrestling history. If I suspend him immediately before like, before the thing in Chicago. So I do I do kind of no. buy that it might have been like, go home now, and then like Tony being like, I'll think about this later, and then apparently talk to lawyers and talk to whatever. But then Tony and lays on Monday, it on so On Monday, he was, they were both suspended. They announced on, yeah. on their socials, they announced that both of them were suspended. Yeah, exactly. So, But that, that's still like 48 hours later. So I do yeah. buy the like, him maybe trying to see what they can juggle, what they can make work, and whatever else they can uh, they can do with that. But then, the, did you see the him at him on Collision? I uh, only read the transcript. Oh, but it's so weird. He comes out with a microphone. He's like, "Guys, we need to talk. I'm a big wrestling fan." Then he has a little folding chair, and he sets up the little folding chair and sits down. Is like, "Hey, Chicago," and like whatever. You're like, I was like, "What is this?" Like, it lo- looks like the biggest work of all time. That he has a little folding chair. He has a little folding chair sitting on the ramp to address how he like really feels and and how he feared for his life and whatever else. And I was like, this sounds so much like a wrestling thing. Then they move to All Out. Punk does not show up, obviously, uh, because he is now actually fired, uh, apparently. And apparently it's a really good – I haven't watched the card. I've been up at the cottage. But like apparently it's a really, really, really good card of yeah. really good wrestling, but that features – Four hours of people chanting CM Punk straight, pretty much. Like, I mean, uh, you you can't keep getting into f- backstage fights with people. Like, as, as a, that's crazy. That's like well, a you know, like, traumatic also, brain injury territory. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like you can you can be angry, you can be mad, you can tell off kids, you can tell off everybody else. But the fact that like it's turned violent, like more you, than you once. make it dangerous for people. You yeah, exactly. Like like over. the second yeah. the second you turn to violence is like the second you're like nope. You cannot do that at a workplace, guy. Sorry, and you're not, especially not at a workplace where the people you will be working with are automatically and very immediately responsible for your safety. 
Yeah, thank God he was working for, working with Joe that next match. Like, like, can you imagine if it was Luchasaurus? <laughs> or, yeah, I would say almost anybody. Like, almost like, not just obviously not the elite, but like, like it just yeah, what a <laughs> what a dummy. I was like, I was like uh, the one of the best like the the kayfabe news was they were just sort of like. Uh, like they're like these things happen. Says only wrestler who these things happen to repeatedly. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like oh just, my god. And then all of, all of the stories about his shitty attitude have have come out, and like his whole thing of like I'm the old veteran, and these young kids don't don't respect me. And then a story comes out right away of him shit talking an old dude and shitting on an old dude like face to face. Yeah. Just, just I wonder. Wild. I wonder if it's a CTE thing though, because like when he was coming up, so many people vouched for him. Like, I I, I wonder if he just like swip, flipped the switch and and now is as has a melted brain, because he was like he was like a very very well liked person by everybody other than Vince, right? Like that was that was. I, his... I was gonna say I've never heard of it. Like I talked to a lot of you guys who, who not... are into the wrestling. All the people who are mega fans of wrestling were always super fans of CM Punk. I never yeah. understood why he wasn't oh, yeah. a bigger, uh, a, like, like the number one guy. There has to have been something yes, else in the story. The the clique did not like him. I see. Yeah, that's that's Triple H, and which is which that's, is that's Triple I, H, I, and that's Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash like shit on him. That promo that yeah. Nash laid on him and on that yeah. raw was like, oh, that was mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which which is I find incredibly funny that the people that he's feuding with at AEW are like even have the same hand symbol as the click like the, the they even click. yeah exactly like like the elite are literally baby click i was like this is that's that's ridiculous like i was telling sarah i was like if i'm punk and i know that i'm sometimes a hothead who can turn to violence i'm like i don't know why i come back like i don't know why i come back after all out last not, last year not on not on that wrestling contract the first the first mistake he made was coming back on a weekly contract yeah, you should have come back on a Brock Lesnar deal, saying I'll do four pay per views a year, and one yeah, promo on the week. Well, before. but then they gave him his own. Like, what's crazy about this? Also, we kind of failed to mention is that when okay. he came back from that initial suspension, is Tony Khan was like, "Listen, I think I have a solution. Your own show. You will only need to work this one show on like on Saturday, and you basically get to book it and call all the shots and decide who else is wrestling." So he was like, "No elite. None of the elite's friends. I only get to wrestle with my buddies." Saturday Collision. I also basically booked the storylines on it. So like Tony did what Tony could to make this guy happy, and apparently, who would have thought that it would be Jungle Boy Jack Perry who, you know, would of all, of all the pillars, I never would have yeah. thought. If it was Sammy Guevara, I'd be like, he seems like a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's like two to one odds on the on the four of them. Like you know, it wasn't yeah. going to be Darby. He got along well with Darby. Yeah, and MJF. And MJF, they worked a great promo together. I could see maybe some of the stuff they said to each other off the cuff, maybe ruffling feathers. But he, but, but Punk has also put over MJF a couple times, even like off out of outside yeah. of kayfabe storyline stuff. Like I think I think Punk and MJF are solid. And and honestly, flash forward to twenty years, I could see MJF being in this Punk spot of everybody hating him. <laughs> being like, what piece of shit. But yeah, oh, except just... for except for Cole. Cole Cole's his best friend. That's going to be forever. <laughs> Cole, that's just one letter different from Colt. Scott. 
Cold was best friends with CM Punk. Oh my god, if that's the next, if that's how they break up in kayfabe, because they get arguing on a podcast. Oh my god, oh. Punk would kill them both. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, oh like god, as... if they break up on Colt's podcast, oh my god. <laughs> that would I don't be think I take that. So yeah, all all that to say, I'm a big CM Punk fan, but boy, I, I cannot. I even have a hard time supporting him in this moment of you're a 40 year old man who grabbed a 20 year old kid by the throat. Like that's not that's not okay. <clears throat> because of what he said about the glass, like it was so like benign. Yeah, it's it's stupid, and I'm like, and like, and like. Like I said, I can even get where Punk is coming from from being pissed off. Punk being like, "Don't do the dumb shit that can end your career." <laughs> like, and then the fact that you're rubbing it in my face, I'm gonna take offense. Like, I can get, I get everything as to why you're mad. I do not get why you're mad enough to suddenly choke out essentially a kid, like someone half your age. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's, right, like, that's of not all a- the things of all the things that could be like push someone over the edge that was so small and so minor like, bummer he, yep. punk totally should have just cold shouldered him or whatever or just tell like, him hey, you're never wrestling you're not you're not wrestling on collision anymore he punk had that power yeah <laughs> like, like literally could have could have actually hurt him in the page like hurt him in his wallet if he wanted to Yep. You're, you don't get as many appearances. You're never wrestling on collision again because you pulled that shit. See you later. And actually, like, long-term, giving him real-world consequences that actually would have, like, hurt him in the wallet and just never right. talked to him ever again. Just the end. Jobbed him out to Danhausen over and over yeah, again. Yeah, and, 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 like, exactly. That's it. Like, you could, you, he could even be a petty shithead about it. It's I'm funny. giving your spot to Peter Avalon. But, yeah. But, no. Uh, we also but left no. out the Nick Nemeth thing. Hollywood hunk. Yeah. If you did with <laughs> Nick Nemeth over a tweet, like, oh my god. You're, you can't wrestle here. Because you're, you're, you're friends with the elite, I guess. Get out of here. Okay. Imagine being Nick Nemeth being told he can't wrestle on TV by CM Punk. Like, and technically Nick Nemeth isn't bitch. even all elite, right? Nick Nemeth Nick Nemeth Nick, you're not allowed to wrestle on television anymore. Get out of my sight. Punk, I, I wasn't on television at all last month. I never get to wrestle on television. Yeah, he's not on. He's not on an all elite contract, right? Like he's 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 a contract worker still. Like he doesn't have a full time contract. He still gets paid by appearances. He was he was lucky if he could make it to elevation and not just dark. Yeah, exactly, a hundred percent. He and he is friends with the elite, but like not enough to get booked. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, it's That's so bananas. stupid. It's so stupid, and like I said, it's such a bummer. Like, I mean, I assume they'll be fine. Like, I'm sure. Like, they're. It's not that like Punk necessarily made AEW, and and certainly like it also seems that in many ways is making it worse because a lot of those guys involved in that outside of Nick Nemeth, a lot of the guys involved in the feud with Punk are were top guys in general. So, like, I hmm. get. Like why if you're if you're gonna pick like hey you have six guys all fighting and five of them are on one side and one guy's on the other eh, the one who's on the other side is probably gonna be the one who gets who gets tossed and then also 
And you, no, no joke. Like if they fired the elite or buried them before they re-upped, they would just go start a new wrestling company. Probably. Or, like, or just go. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Right. I don't know how many billi- I don't know how many billionaires will, are going to invest in the elite. <laughs> it took it oh, took it, it took them forever to find just the one. And then how much of that was Cody? <laughs> I, I really I I, I, I still we, there. Yeah, for sure. I we we talked about this um while we were watching all in of just like how like in an alternate world I don't think any of this happens if Cody Rhodes is still all elite. I really, really, really think that Cody Rhodes was like such a, such a bridge between the old guys and the young guys. Like backstage. The money money they paid to CM Punk should have gone to Cody Rhodes to keep him, appease him, repackage him. Everything would have been fine. Whatever, or just, or did you pay them both, or who knows? You don't sign someone or whatever. Like, all I'm saying is, I feel that, like, Cody Rhodes is, like, integral to making a world where indie guys can work with WWE guys. Like, I think that that, that he's he's the bridge between those two camps, because they're automatically at odds with each other just from a business perspective. Yep. Hmm. Anyway, so that was the CM Punk drama. Scott, I'm glad you could join us. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wild ride. Like it was five it was, days of just chaos. Yeah, and I mean, and at least All Out was good, and so was All In. All In was good, and Cole and MJF was amazing. Cole and MJF, that match was so good. Like, I'm I'm stunned that they managed to keep the plot going. I'm like, so brilliant. happy. Th- I'm that's happy brilliant. that they did. They stayed friends, and you know, like, and, and even like, and and that it was MJF, right? Like MJF was like a bailed on, like using the ring, and then yeah. and then and and what's his name didn't want to hug and didn't want to shake hands, and it's collapsed. And MJF runs over into the corner, and is like, "Listen, man, you gave it your all. You gave it your all. It was fifty fifty. This could have been you. This could have been yours. Like you took me to the brink. Like yeah. you could have done it, man. Like like right after he lost, he's like, don't sell yourself short." Any like, like we run this back, it could be you, you know, like. And they defended the title successfully together one week later. Yeah, of course they did because they're best friends. A little, no, a little heartbreaking because like join the Dark Order, but mm-hmm. I really wanted Silver and Reynolds to win it. Yeah, I course. love those guys. <laughs> they deserve something at this point, don't they? Deserve oh, something to be like, hey, you know who wasn't involved in all of this mess? The Dark Order. <laughs> Well, I mean, Hangman and Colt were part of the Dark Order. <laughs> yeah, but not right now. Not right I now. mean, like, I mean, like Silver and Reynolds. You know, yep. they like like Silver Reynolds, Uno. They they all kept their noses clean in all of this mm-hmm. locker room shenaniganry. Amazing. They should be re- they should be rewarded <laughs> somehow. Those three do not shut up. So it's wild. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, so that was that was your CM Punk update. Uh, I guess we have what? What is this? Ten minutes? Ten minutes left of this show? Scott, what have you been so, watching? John, what have you been so watching? I, I watched. I watched Last Voyage of the Demeter. Oh, a horror! I heard movie. good. I heard real good things. It is delightfully moody. Like, okay. give it moody? that. Well, yeah, it's like on a on a ship. It's got like kind of a an well, alien the, feel to it. 
Well, it's the, the it's the it's it's a sequence from Nosferatu expanded into a whole no, film, from Dracula, right? From Dracula. From Dracula. It's from one Dracula. chapter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one chapter oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. one chapter of, of Dracula. So it's it's Dracula aboard the Demeter sailing from Romania to England, and he is very much the xenomorph, an alien. He's uh, in the shadows, glimpse sideways as the characters all get developed and then completely melt down as they're picked off. And it's very moody and scenic and, and about the, the and it's, uh, it's, in the sea. It's the guy who plays um, the onion knight from Game of Thrones, right? He plays the captain? Yep, he plays the captain. Uh, the guy who played Polka Dot Man from Suicide Squad is the first mate, David mm-hmm. Desmalkian. Um, yeah, like good character actors playing pretty good characters. There's not a lot of like bad reactions. Like they all kind of react like people do when stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're, they're all freaked out. They all come up with suggestions. Their suggestions are ridiculous and like immediately shot down by anyone who's critically thinking in that scene and it's it's cool but it kind of apparently it got so this is a weird thing it kind of got like buried at the box office not just because of like barbie and oppenheimer which was one part but the other part mm-hmm. was that it was like a studio bought another studio and then like killed its planned release mm-hmm. so it got a smaller release and then they also like pulled it out of certain theaters like apparently it didn't even get like a uk release for really? whatever reason yeah there, there was wild. like there was like a backstage not like a backstage but like a behind the scenes like shuffling of like the new studio didn't want to push or invest in like the marketing or whatever of it so just kind of like pulled the That's plug a weird choice you spend Mid- all this money and time well, but they didn't spend all this money and time. They bought another studio, but then we're like, okay, we this is not part of our marketing budget, so they just slashed it or something. It was like very weird if you look at the like last voyage of the 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 Demeter uh, like release and how it got released. It got like like also it kind of drowned against Barbie and Oppenheimer. Ha, right. drowned on the boat. But like in mm-hmm. addition to that, it wasn't even like apparently given a fighting chance. Like it didn't even have. If I'm not mistaken, it didn't even get a UK release and released on fewer screens than it was like projected to be released on. And now it's already on video, even though it came yeah. out like a month ago. <laughs> I super, I liked it a lot. Weird. I didn't I didn't expect to like it. Um, Dracula himself is a little bit too CG for my liking. Just a little CG. bit though, because they they do a lot of like him in the shadows and skulking and like, cause he's on the ship, right? He's, 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 he's not just like standing on the deck commanding the ship. He's, he's hungry and he's picking them off slowly. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get to see a ton of them when you do. It's like, it's not the greatest makeup CGI, but the rest of the, like the set and costuming and, and character acting is, is strong enough to, to push it over to being yeah. really good and it's like i said it's so easy that he doesn't need to look like anything like you know let's, he could just be, be real a, he could just be a dude with blood on his face that's fine the alien yeah. in alien looked kind of crappy right it, when yeah any when, of, any when of, you any, had a direct shot on him you know yeah there were there were there's a few shots in alien where it's clearly a guy in a rubber suit but that was also the 70s i feel we can do better 
um, the brutality of, of the makeup, like the, the, the guy's throats getting ripped out and like one of them turns after being bitten and man, his, his scene of going after the rest of the crew is just fucking intense and crazy. I really like that. It had like an evil dead kind of feel to it. Nice. Uh, you watched the new evil dead yet? No, I'm, I'm not going to watch the new one. It's, it's got kids and family and stuff. Oh, yeah. I should watch the other new Evil Dead, which I haven't yet. But the TV show? Part one. Part one? The 2008 relaunch or 2012? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You really I should. It's it. really something else. That one's yeah. really fun, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, kid, kid stuff would definitely make you very uncomfortable in uh, the new Yeah, movie. no, I heard mom and kids turning into... Deadites! Deadites, and... Uh, I mean, listen, deadites don't care. No. Everyone's going to be dead by dawn. Which is fine. I just, I don't want to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, re- I really dug this movie. You guys should check it out. I also really like the way it ends, and it kind of, it almost could be like a special feature movie to the 92 Dracula. Like, almost. Like, like it kind of just like, well, lands. Like, if you were to watch Gary Oldman's Dracula, and then just be like, and now onto the Demeter. Pause play Last Voyage of the Demeter <laughs> and then cut back, it, it would kind of almost work. Cool. Yeah. Did you guys watch the, the Dracula miniseries on Netflix that came out like three or four years ago? Was it a BBC production? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was one really good episode and two kind of meh ones. Absolutely. Uh, one kind of meh one and one kind of, okay, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the good one was the, was the Demeter. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. And this this was like like that, just not as not as charming and much more monstery vampire. It was a, it was a good it was a good shtick to have three different actors, you know, and like really hard, like fix up the age difference thing. But man, mm-hmm. it was is very unfortunate. Well, not gratifying. Just that it started off so strong and went downhill. Yeah. If they would have played in reverse, it would have been so much more surprising. Talking about uh, CG and stuff, did you see that that clip about uh, Jurassic Park? Where they were talking mm-hmm. with one of the one of the lead animators uh, for the CG in Jurassic Park and stuff. So apparently they were saying so. Especially this is what 1993 Jurassic Park. 95. 95. Uh, so they were like a lot of like CG animation techniques were like not necessarily where they are now. So it was like animating a 3D model and then like changing it to change the movements was like a lot more difficult. So it was like, not necessarily get it right first try, but like get as close to getting it right first try. It's not like today where you put like a wireframe and now you're like, dance, dance like a baby. And like, whatever, like CG was not that same, in that same level. So they were like, we did all kinds of screen tests with the animators actually like moving around like dinosaurs and like filming them to just be like, does it look right? Who cares if it looks real? Just basically, does it look right? You know, like literally, so then like, like, like running and like prancing around with their little claws up and all that stuff up to and including they like shot a scene where they like they set up a little set in the parking lot with like a pipe of where all the little dinosaurs are like running and like jumping over the pipe. And one of the guys like jumps, slips, falls and immediately breaks his arm. And he's like a senior animator. And then like Steven Spielberg is apparently like, what the hell? Why does the animator break his arm? And they're just like, oh, we were running around pretending to be dinosaurs in the parking lot. And he's like. We can like hire you like extras and stuff. Why are the actual animators being the ones running around? They're like, we didn't think to ask. 
I was like, what a charming little story. And that guy must feel like such a fucking heel. <laughs> You're like, what a dumbass. I'm like, I'm, we're trying to get the shots right. I'm running around pretending to be a dinosaur in the parking lot. Falls and breaks his arm. And they're like, do you need that arm? Well, I am an animator. Like, <laughs> can't move the mouse or whatever. Like, oh, man. I was like, what a very interesting to think about. Because, like, we think so much about, like, CG now. Of Like, yeah, you can once you get those wireframe models, you can make them make them do anything and tweak it. But they were like, yeah, it was kind of such like, so much of it was almost like traditional animation, even though it was with the 3D model. I was like, man, super fun. Keith, did you see Mutant Mayhem? Uh, I did the not TMNT see Mutant movie? Mayhem. Did you? I did. It real good. I'm, I've heard. I, it is absolutely on my, on my to-do. It might have a better soundtrack than Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And it's fun, and they're in kids, that, and they're, they're real teenagers. All four turtles are, are um, the actors playing their voices are, are teenagers. Mm-hmm. It is full of pop culture references. Mm-hmm. That are but like, like, to, like, like, to, that are, that's what I was going to say, like, like, to its detriment. Like, if you watch it, like, five years from now, you'll be like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. But I mean, but, but I guess it's we're, like t- we're not the audience, right? They're teenagers. Like, they're... Okay, so you're so when they're saying pop culture references, they're making like teenager pop culture references. So they're yep. they're, they're saying things like cringe and cap and bet, mm-hmm. and cringe, cringe, fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's great. It's so much fun. Uh, it's not. It's not um, Shredder or the Foot Clan. Which is wild. I get it. <laughs> uh, the voice cast is is absolutely wild. Yeah, I've seen the voice cast is like all over the place. Ice, Ice Cube and Paul Rudd and like it's it's bananas. And it has such a like young feel to it. But yeah, no Foot Clan, no Shredder, no Casey Jones. Um, but a bunch of the like crazy. Bananas, mutants are in it, like uh, mm-hmm. Mondo Gecko and Wingnut, and uh... oh, Bebop and Rocksteady are in it, though. Hmm? Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> one of, isn't one of them John Cena? Rocksteady is John Cena, and um, Bebop is Seth Rogen. Perfect. <laughs> just, just, just amazing. Uh, Seth Rogen was one of the writers and producers with uh, yeah. Evan. Yeah, I remember the. Yeah, this was like a, yeah, exactly. This is a. This is a, the 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 guys from Super Bad Dude Ninja Turtles. It's exactly that. It's <laughs> it's fucking wild. Which is like, you know, I think enough to get me to want to see a Ninja Turtles movie. If you're like the guy from the guys who did Super Bad did Ninja Turtles, I don't know if they can necessarily mm-hmm. advertise it that way <laughs> because this is actually for children. <laughs> but but uh, like Super Bad, they got young people to play the young people roles, and it works. Makes it, it flies. Funnier. Yep. We'll talk about it hey, more hey, after hey. after you guys watch it. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna watch it. I don't know if I'll necessarily watch it yeah, by next week, but I uh, definitely will have watched it sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any any main show stuff that's pressing? Mm, I think so. I think so. We talked about all the big news of the week. All right. I'm sure we missed some in... stuff. Right? Uh, no, impossible. <laughs> you, you to get to get your okay. news, you you only need 
to listen to this bi-weekly that's, pop that culture was it, that was it that's all you need this is bye everybody hi thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show that means you're our number one fan as our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.